0: To another episode of No Player Connected. Today we are detecting crime and building communism on the mean streets of Martinez in Disco Elysium with our good pal Clem. Clem, how are you doing today? We've only been in a call together for like an hour.
1: It's been grueling. It's <laughs> it's been a long <laughs> hour, um, but it's good to kick off the episode that I've been waiting for. Well, you know, and I, I this is my third time on. I'm old hat.
0: Yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, I will pay you overtime though for enduring an Thank hour you. of me talking about underwater video games with you. We're just gonna dive in. What is Disco Elysium? Because I feel like the name doesn't really give a, a hint of what the hell the game is about to the to the average person. So, if you want to go over like the broad strokes of the story or of the mechanics, whichever one, pick your poison. How would you introduce this game to somebody?
1: The context of like how this podcast started and how you approach people, you're like, "What are your favorite games? We can talk about them, right?" And like without thinking, quite (laughs) flippantly, I was like, "BioShock Infinite, Life is Strange, whatever." Like Disco Elysium, right? And the other two, Life is Strange, kind of a piece of cake. uh, BioShock Infinite, a bit difficult to condense that story, and I regret so heavily (laughs) picking Disco Elysium. Because I think it's the only game, possibly out, like, that I've played for sure, but I think in the planet, in history, that you could study a full university degree on, probably. Like, it's so deep and rich, and I'm nervous because I don't know everything about (laughs) it, because it's got its own political system, it's got its own history and geography and physics, right? It's not fair.
0: It's so, it's so insane much is going on in the game. Yes!
1: So insane. So I just want to like preface this whole entire episode with, I'm not an expert on Disco Elysium, but that's because nobody is, okay? Nobody's a fucking expert on Disco Elysium. It's not not like Stardew Valley where you can just reel off the character names and build a nice little farm, you know?
0: We're firing a lot of shots right now. You've got the people who've platinumed Disco Elysium, you're questioning their credentials. (laughs) Stardew Valley just caught a stray bull. I didn't fuck those guys. Sorry, Stardew gang.
1: gang. Big up, Stardew Gang. <laughs> so Disco Elysium, in a very succinct way of describing it, it's a role-playing game in which you play a bumbling, disgraced, drunk cop who doesn't even remember his own name, trying to solve a murder mystery. But ultimately, I would say that is just a tool, a vehicle, if you will, to explore this incredibly rich world of diverse characters, and histories, and politics, and metaphor, etc. Right? That's just, that's just how you get through the game. It's how you move from point A to point B. But really, the, for me at least, I think solving the mystery was inconsequential. It was like a secondary thing. I just wanted to meet everyone and like get lost in the lives of the people of Revashot, which is where it takes place.
0: I think the game even expects you to just go off and do a bunch of random side stuff because that's what it's there for. One of the characters even says, like, oh, okay, is this really related to the mystery we're working on? <laughs> and then you usually tell them... You can either lie to him and say yes or say no, but we're going to do it anyway.
1: Yeah, your character <laughs> is supposedly really incredibly good at their job based on the history of themselves that they've found, like all of the old cases that they've worked on and the fact that they keep getting offered promotions that they reject, but also seems incredibly incompetent whilst you're playing because of his heavy addiction to alcohol and the fact that he remembers nothing of his life and or the case. It's a great, it's a great comedy game. I would say it's like the best game I've ever read, right? It feels like a novel more than a game i mean it is it's it's like a visual novel but it's one of the best books i've ever read too
0: probably it's like a choose your own adventure on like every steroid that's ever been invented and then even more that haven't yet yeah future steroids and i i think that the total amnesia thing is a really like on one hand it's genius like it's a cool way to explore a world but also it seems kind of goofy when you say it out loud. Like, how do we explore this rich world with different physics and a whole new history? Uh, uh, Make a guy that doesn't know anything so that he has to explore it. Like, it sounds kind of goofy, but it works really well for this game because it's an excuse to ask, like, hey, what's that? And then (laughs) you're pointing at, like, a fire hydrant or something. Yeah. Um, But then you can also say, hey, what's that? And it's a statue of a historical figure. And you get, like, a small novel's worth of information that ultimately might not even point to anything useful, but it, like, engrosses you in the world.
1: So one of the things the game does is inanimate objects speak. Like, Harry's... Harry... Harry... Yeah, whatever his name is. Dubois. Dubois. Uh, his his, ne- his ugly necktie is probably one of everyone's <laughs> favorite characters in the game, and he can talk to his necktie. He'll, he'll talk to random items, and it's like, okay... Is it just because he's crazy? Um, yeah, it is his imagination because he's got a lot of conflicting voices in his head, like competing, morals, etc. That all have fully fledged personalities and that's fantastic. Um, but if he, he he talks to these things to find out more about the world that he's in. And that's part of the charm, it's part of the brilliance. Like the exquisite voice acting etc. all comes to light here and is, is when it's most animated. So I think that without that element, if it was just... It would just be such a fucking dry, boring old nothing game that wouldn't be game of the year ever. That wouldn't have like sixty thousand overwhelmingly positive reviews on steam. It wouldn't be like the cult phenomenon that it is.
0: Yeah, and going back to the like the voices in his head. For those of you not like familiar with the game, there's like a uh, RPG like stat system kind of where you have, what is it, like, four main attributes? Yeah. And those get broken down. And it's really weird because there's, like, a stat for cop culture because you're a detective. There's a stat for, like, physically intimidating people. There's one for being an empath. And they all have a voice and, like you said, a personality. Depending on how highly leveled they are, they'll chime in during different interactions with the world or with people. And I've even had them like argue with each other, give conflicting reports on stuff, and it, it, it rules. You can, you're literally listening to Harry's thoughts as you play through the game.
1: Yeah, it's okay. I think there's, uh, I'm gonna say 24 different skills.
0: Let me see. Yeah, 24 different voices in your head. Which are all things like, up. I know
1: there's like Inland Empire is like a really famous one. Because it's not just, like, the obvious shit that you deal with, like, as a person, it's like, here's your logic, here's your electrochemistry, there's one called Shivers, like, it's all slightly weird shit where you can build your own Harry personality. Um, under four categories, I think it's Psyche, something else. (laughs) Um, Intellect? Uh,
0: I can can go through all of them, I got them, I got them in front of me right now if you want me to rattle them off.
1: if you think that would be interesting?
0: Uh. I'll, I'll just go really fast, speed okay. round. There's logic, encyclopedia, rhetoric, drama, conceptualization, visual calculus. Those are all the intellect ones. For psyche, it's volition, inland empire, empathy, authority, a spirit decor, I assume is how you're supposed to say that. Yeah. That's the cop one. And suggestion. Uh, physique is endurance, pain threshold, physical instrument... Electrochemistry, shivers, and half light. Halflight's the uh threatening people voice. And then motorix is the is the final category with hand eye coordination, perception, reaction speed, savoir faire, interfacing, and composure. Yeah. So that's your those are all the little pieces you can fiddle with to to make your hairy.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot. And I found that it was I mean I find this in any game where like it's like hmm, what skill do you want to increase? I I'm always sort of like paralyzed with options, right? <laughs> like I can't like sorry, there's too many. I wanna be smart, but what if I need to be strong later? This is a whole new fucking people will replay this game multiple times to like put everything into say electrochemistry or inland empire. Or, I don't know, Perception or whatever, right? The same as they'll yeah. replay Dark Souls with a mage build or, you know, like, Big Knife. I've not played <laughs> yeah, Dark Souls, you... so I, <laughs> I don't know if Big Knife is an option. Uh,
0: yeah, well, I mean, what is a sword but a Big Knife yeah. at the end of the day? Yeah, so now we piss off the sword people. <laughs> but yeah, you can, like, instead of, oh, I'm a cleric or I'm a mage, you can be like, I'm Empath, Harry. Oh, well, I'm fascist, Harry, and (laughs) you can... Yeah. Although that, I guess that is kind of separate, where you not only have the different stats, you have political actions that you can take, or you can form opinions on things, and the (laughs) game will actually acknowledge that you're you know, becoming a communist a ideology. or like
1: whatever. Yeah. It's, um, it's tricky because it's one of those things. I, I think this is how I would balance it when I was playing, but like, I didn't want to be a fascist, but I also wanted to get what I needed from the exchange that I was having. Right. And it's like, well, if I, if yeah. I'm a fascist, I can progress my story a bit more and maybe get another clue. But if I'm a moralist, then I have to take a step back. This dude will hate me, and that's gonna close that avenue of investigation. But yeah, I think there's four like ideologies, right? Communism, fascism, moralists, and
0: yeah, liberals. Moral intern? Well, maybe I know moral intern and liberal are pretty close. I don't, I don't know actually, because I've only done the one playthrough. Because it's yeah. such a dense game that I was like, holy shit! I I like marathon this for like a week and a half. Yeah, I for this episode when you were like I'll play hard. it this
1: week I'm like will you whether you You have got no <laughs> idea
0: because <laughs> there's a bit of this game that I haven't gotten to because playthroughs are so different so I don't know all the political ideologies oh I, I wanted to share that Emma didn't know the tie talked at all she never wore it oh she', so her she play playthrough, through completely yeah without and then the tie. She she played it again after I mentioned the tie to her, because I was trying really hard to avoid spoilers, but she was she was fine with me telling her, like, what I was experiencing. And I was like, oh, well, the tie told me to do blah. And she's like, I never wore the tie. I... What are you talking about?
1: That's <laughs> astonishing to me. I think I want to play it again, because I realized that... After I played it, I watched someone else, I don't know if I watched somebody else play the whole thing, but I watched like a couple of videos of just other people playing it because I was so fucking stuck. And I discovered that some people play it and by the end of the first day, they're like halfway there to like solving shit. It took me like five days to like afford a place to sleep and I kept dying because I had nowhere to sleep. Like I was so (laughs) bad at this game. (laughs) It's, like, I didn't even realize that that wasn't normal. I thought, this is slightly strange. Like, I'm on it. I I was panicking. Like, I couldn't get the investigation done. Because I was just trying to find money every day. So that I had somewhere to sleep so I wouldn't die. And then I would... It says a lot
0: about society. Yeah.
1: And then, like, these other people, they'll be, like, halfway through the investigation day one. And then, like, day five, when everything's nearly wrapped up, they'll, like, meet somebody that I met on day one. And I'm like, I think... I started every single like possible avenue, like just a, like ten percent of every storyline, instead of getting to fifty percent of one and then doing it in logical order. Like the boat lady, Joyce, um, yeah. all of those these guys, they wouldn't let me se- like go further with them, and I got stuck. I couldn't take the game anywhere. <laughs> I didn't meet Everett Claire until like day thirty-seven. Like I, I, I didn't get anywhere for so long. And it Maybe was frustrating. I met him day two, I think. Okay, well, yeah. I didn't even have anywhere to sleep day two, so good for you. I did fix the <laughs> fucking, um, the taxidermy bird, though, quite quickly. I think I replaced oh, that. I- how did line. you do that? I don't remember. Okay, and did you not? Know? we can
0: get into that <laughs> <laughs> I... So, the option that was presented to me was in the fishing village. Okay, in context, before we just completely ramble about a taxidermied bird. Oh, yeah. um, In the fishing village, there's a taxidermied bird, but there's, like, a child right by it, and it's in someone's home. So, I was like, I'm not going to steal their fucking bird and put it in a hotel for some guy that I don't even like. So
1: I think I must have done, because I needed somewhere to sleep. I had to appease him.
0: (laughs) I just went to the fishing village and started sleeping there. I
1: did eventually, but it it took me so long to discover that that was an option. I just think I played it wrong, and I think that that was a frustration for me, but also one of the reasons that I thought it was such a rich and powerful world is because I had to literally explore every fucking inch of it repeatedly with everyone, (laughs) every single like, line and option to try and work out how to move the story forward, and I cannot tell you to this day what like where i was stuck and what the eventual change was
0: that's wild
1: but like i was way into like rebuilding the church for the hardcore kids like before i even like knew anything <laughs> about the the dude hanging from a tree
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah to to like kind of steer this back to a coherent, like, what the fuck are these guys talking Oh, no, it's fine. I got off topic too with it. This centers around there's a guy that's been hanged in a tree in, like, the center of town, and people are speculating that it has to do with a labor dispute, and so it's a murder mystery that is nestled within a larger power struggle between a I think it's a shipping company and a labor union and then it kind of just spirals from there
1: yeah and and everybody is very reluctant to come forward with any information about the killing
0: there's reasons for why everybody is doing everything and the people who are most like That you would say, like, that's a bad guy, like, that's somebody who's manipulating what's happening here. Those are, like, most often the people who are helping you with the case, and you want to be on their good side. While the, like, morally ambiguous, but, like, kind of good people are often the ones that are, like, running away, or lying to you, or, like, stubbornly refusing to help with the case.
1: Yeah, you mean like Everard and... Is it Judy, did I say, from Wild Pines? Uh,
0: Joyce. Joyce. Is it Wild Pines? Joyce, it's, I think... Uh, two Pines? It's some, some kind of pine. I thought it was Two Pines. So, like, yeah, Joyce is representing the corporation. Uh, Everard is representing the union. He's like a stereotypically corrupt, like, union boss. I love Everard. Can d- I say, fantastic job.
1: Gorgeous draw like it. the art is incredible in the game no matter what, but like his face is perfect. His voice is perfect, everything he says is ten out and- <laughs> Great job, guys. Great job, this Elysium creators. Yeah.
0: There's a there's a bit where he holds out like twenty-five Real, which is the currency, and the novelty check. No, I'm not even talking about the novelty check. Later on he holds out twenty-five basically 25 dollars and you can go like what are you doing he's like nothing i'm just holding out money (laughs) not to anybody in particular but i'm just holding it out (laughs) and like he's so clearly like just dancing around the law and he's comfortably in charge of what's happening around him and yeah yeah the the characters are fleshed out like perfectly
1: I respect you Harry of course I respect you I wouldn't say you would take this but I wouldn't look at you any differently if you did take that that's the sort of thing that he would you know that's, yeah. I haven't heard him speak for a long time and I'm not very good at voices but
0: it yeah, was good it was like he was right here with me Um,
1: and another thing that, that just reminded me <laughs> of is so Everard's office is in like a container unit it's all it's all kooky and fun and amazing but you sit on his chair and you can I died sitting in his chair because I didn't have enough <laughs> yeah. morale to sit in his chair.
0: Oh, it's I think it's your health. It might isn't be health. It? Like, it's just, I don't know. I, yeah, his negotiation tactic is literally he will sit you in an incredibly uncomfortable chair, and then yeah, you can just die to that. <laughs> That's how awesome this game is. There's
1: a lot of things in the game that you can die to that you wouldn't expect. Like I'll do. Like I think I said. I'm sure. Like I said to you. I think I was, like. I think I looked in the mirror and I died or something. Um, or I, like, I, I took a nap and that was it for me. You can just, uh, suddenly, like, a newspaper comes up on your dad. And you're like, oh, I didn't, oh, what did I, how did I? So, like, that was just a constant course of concern for me, was having enough morale points and health points and stuff. Especially considering how long it took me to find a safe place to sleep.
0: Yeah, I think it's, like, if your morale hits zero, do you just have, like, a heart attack or something?
1: Yeah, I definitely have done Be- those.
0: Yeah, because you can, I think in the first room, if you do really terribly with your skill checks and choices. Because you... I think you take damage from turning on the lights.
1: Yeah. You can take damage from...
0: Yeah, yeah, the fan can kill you. uh, Because that'll take away a point. I think you can lose a point from looking in the mirror and not liking what you see. And then there's probably, like, one other thing you can mess up to die, like, in the first room.
1: Which is your, like and the whirling in rags, which is the sort of, like, centerpiece for the whole game, which is a hostel. It's a hostel for strays. You see loads of people coming through, which is fantastic.
0: The backdrop of, like, this whole game, like, the the setting is, I believe Revishal is kind of, like, at the center of a lot of different countries, and so it was once, like, a trade hub, I think, but then it had a communist revolution that overthrew its like old monarchy and then an international coalition came in and bombed the hell out of it and it's just never fully recovered and so there are parts of the city that are still bombed out there are there's like parts of buildings that people are still like operating businesses in where they don't know what's behind certain doors they're just closed (laughs) off And no one bothers to find out what's in there because everything's shitty and broken. And it's such a lovely combination of, like you said, like some things are kooky and really pretty. Other parts are like really depressing and have all this war imagery surrounding it. But God, it's it's an amazing setting.
1: It's amazing, like uh, you said about the doors, like there's like an arcade behind like one door and stuff like that. Like you, I never
0: opened it. (laughs) <laughs> I never got in that. Emma had to tell me. I never got into that door.
1: See, I wonder how much of it is necessary. Like, oh, how much I might have missed, too. Because I'm sure, like, one of the things about... I feel, okay, so I've got so many things that I was like, oh, we can talk about this. And now, like, they're all coming to me at once. But, like, I feel like um, all... Every single character in the game is deeply flawed, but mostly... Most of them are deeply lovable, too. And even just, like... Even if they're so simple, but, like, the setting in which they're presented to you. For example, there's, like, two war veterans, I think, that were on different sides of the war that play, like, marbles in, like, a crater next to the lake yeah. every day. And they're, like, best friends, but they hate each other because they used to be on... Well, I don't know if one's a communist and one's a fascist. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember, it's,
0: but... It's strongly implied the one is, like... The one is unofficially working for the Union, and he definitely has, like, communist sympathies. And the other one is, like, a old royalist. Yeah. And But he is officially working for the Union, which is funny.
1: And one of them has, like, a sandwich, and they just <laughs> hang out there, and it's just so heartwarming. And then, like, you go to another building, and there's somebody, like, like a games shop, like they used to make d d type games that they used to play together and they were all working on these games before they had to evacuate and then you can just like research this game they were making there there's a woman, fuck I can't remember what she was doing, there's like, I don't know you must have gone to her like little room she like lives at the Is top of Is it the something. dice maker? Yeah the dice, she, I guess she was making dice for the uh the games people, perhaps.
0: Oh, she she's just making dice for, like, anyone that's around, like, tabletop RPG people.
1: Yeah. I lo- like, I love her little house. It's so pretty, right? She sits near the <laughs> window and there's all that light coming in. And it, it sounds like... So this is like a... How do you describe the environment? Was it isometric? Like...
0: Yes. Yeah. This is like a top-down, isometric perspective.
1: But it's a very, like, watercolory art style. It's yes. not, like pixelated or anything like that or realist it's like well it's like a painting but an isometric painting that you and only your characters move and there's like loops of animation for like the characters or or maybe like a ship sail or something but that's it but every corner of this world of like martinez has somebody that's just so interesting and different just hanging out in it that has like, a really distinct look, a really distinct allegiance, probably, and it's very, very flawed, but also very easy to talk to and thrilling to have a discussion with because of predominantly, and I know this is one of your questions, uh, talking about the voice acting in this game is
0: phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. It's the best. It, very rarely can I say, like, oh, this is the best x or y thing that i've seen in a game this has the best voice acting i've ever listened to hands down i don't even think it's close
1: anything not just like video games i think like it's yeah and it's so well written like i if aaron sokin didn't do like courtroom and legal drama but did like magic realism and like maybe with a touch of politics like which he's great at like this you would get disco elysium like it's it's, like, it's so well-written. Like, the the script is, like, everything that they say is smart. Well, especially Harry's, like, inner dialogue is so witty and creative and inventive, but not, like, you know, like, sometimes when stuff is, like, funny and, like, intelligent, but you've heard it a million times? The way that, yeah. he, the way that everything in Disco Elysium describes stuff is completely new and poetic and not predictable and that it floored me and it made me like love writing again like literature it made me think oh maybe there is some creativity left in the world because this i didn't anticipate (laughs) any of these all of these sentences are new to me it's so good
0: yeah and i just think about the sheer volume that they made that the average player won't hear
1: it's got a million words in it I think
0: when you look at the stats that you have like it's you're probably not going to level up all of your stats to the point where all the different little personality traits chime in for every conversation and so every conversation is going to sound differently depending on your loadout your, <laughs> your loadout your <laughs> character build whatever you have something called a thought cabinet which is like Harry's inner like ideologies and things that he's focused on those can give you separate dialogue options and so there is just this like mountain of beautiful dialogue and voice acting out there and during one playthrough you're probably going to listen to like what an eighth of it maybe if you're like exhaustively going through
1: it's it's so hard to say like in a lot of games it's like i can definitively say that i've done i've 100 percented like this but you you would never know in disco elysium if you 100 percented the dialogue options i feel like with all the different um movable parts to create a different type of harry
0: yeah and in different situations playing out during playthroughs like i was comparing notes with emma and she never met The Pigs. The Pigs? She never met... Yeah, it's a lady who thinks she's a police officer, so she calls herself The Pigs. And she has your gun if you play the game I've not met her. Certain... Yeah, exactly. Like, for me, that was like a life or death, like, scary moment in my playthrough. Emma never met her. You haven't met her. Oh my... Did you meet the guy in the shipping container that isn't Everard?
1: I don't know. The
0: light bending guy.
1: Oh yes, that was tricky. Yeah. that was so cool.
0: Yeah. The, and it was such a okay, okay. It's like, so, what the fuck? Why is this happening? <laughs> so, so the game will present you with a shipping container, and you can do a rhetoric skill check to convince the shipping container to open. <laughs> Which is like, haha, ha, like Harry's fucking crazy. What a goofy little moment, but you have a chance to succeed and, it, and your chances get better, the higher your rhetoric is. So all right, what's in the what's in the shipping container? You get the shipping container open and there is an individual that has light bending around him. And the closer you approach your money in game skyrockets, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? They explain this with an established, like, scientific principle in this world that if your net worth is equal to like 0.02% of another individual's, like your perception of them and the laws of physics will start to bend. So it's a very fancy, goofy way of saying Harry's dirt poor and this guy is a billionaire. He's so rich that the the laws of physics are bending around him.
1: It's so inventive. It's so good. Yeah, I, I like I put a lot into rhetoric because I was like, this is a game about talking and cool shit, and like I'm a big language fan, so it was like rhetoric was an, an obvious thing for me. And I also didn't drink or anything like that. I'm like good guy. I'm good cop. Oh yeah, me too. Sorry, right. but talking of uh, physics not applying to something. Should we talk about The Pale?
0: Oh, The Pale freaked me out when I, <laughs> when, uh, Joyce started talking about it, and I had no clue about it at all. But I, I, I turned the floor to you, The Pale expert.
1: Uh, for a start, I want to say, like, why, The Pale has no right being in this game. For like what so they made it's a detective story but then it's uh in a place that's really like down on its luck it's very it's an eat the rich city it's been shit on for hundreds of years it was been like 2000 years since its golden era the world's uh, all like a massive competing political ideologies and then they're like hold on but what if it's sort of sea between continents it's a physics defying massive antimatter, possibly, who knows? That's just how, like, our, how we would interpret it. And yeah. at the edge of the pale, it's just sucking shit in, in like a big wall of matter disappearing. And for a long time, people couldn't traverse the pale and they didn't know if anything else was out there. And if you go into the pale, uh, people would lose their minds. If you go deep enough into the pale, numbers don't work anymore. Math doesn't exist in the Pale. 2 and 2 isn't 4. Can't, it doesn't, you can't even comprehend of 2 and 2 in the Pale. It's not a thing. Until... Oh god. So there's like... <laughs> dude, why is it so deep? They have these... <laughs> they have these like <laughs> religious historical figures called the Innocents. And one yeah. of them was called Dolores Day. There's a church in Revachol sort of like with... Dedicated to her I think. Or at least the uh, stained glass window is Dolores Day. Yeah. And she helped someone, a monarch at the time, I think, go do these expeditions, explore the pale, yeah. and loads of people. Were, like the first, like four, were lost. the The next two came back, and they were crazy as fuck. And then the next one came back, and they're like, "Hey, there's another, there's another island. What do they call them? Isolary? ice, ice, In- whatever. Insulas, insulars, In- insulars uh, over there." And then they worked out about this technology that could- it's like a radio frequency that can like allow you to travel through the pale somewhat but it will still affect you and you're only allowed to go in it like six days a year if you're a normal person but they also have pale drivers so people that go into the pale and like transport shit through the pail and those guys are weird as fuck and you can talk to one because they're like being affected by the pail all the time. And yeah. there's a little bit of pale in the church. There's just a two millimeter dot of pale in the church. And everyone's like, where the fuck is that on the land? That's not meant to be here. Go on.
0: <laughs> oh, I oh, I was just going to say that it's so cool that, like, I, I caught glimpses of people discussing the history of traversing the pale to... And they talk about, like, oh, well, there's actually signs that ancient peoples may have also been able to travel the Pale using methods we don't... It's literally, like, discussions about, like, transatlantic travel and people traveling across the Pacific Ocean, too. Like, modern times allow us to travel it more efficiently, but apparently people were able to traverse it in the past. The Pale is expanding, too, so it may have been easier way back when. Uh don't they say that it's like the pale is just accumulated human history? I was going to say
1: like I think there's I don't know if it's a heavy implication or like real the actual explanation for it. Um but it's a, a human construct, right? And it's almost, I don't know if it's the negativity of of humanity or like the destructive nature and greed of humanity that's causing this thing or whatever, but I think without humans, the point is it wouldn't necessarily exist, but then again, it wouldn't be there to be perceived. Like, we wouldn't be there to perceive it.
0: Yeah, I mean an animal would perceive it, maybe, but... Not to get too political. <laughs> there was something else. Oh, I... Again, this is how much there is to the game that you can miss during a playthrough that takes a week and a half. I didn't really go in depth with the Dolores Day stuff, and so I missed out on some of that. Um, I didn't nap in the bed on the like final island where you confront the deserter, so I didn't have the dream... Where Harry is like confronting his girlfriend? Because she's he, Dolores, like, right? Yeah, he can, cons- he like envisions her as Dolores. And so that's yeah. why anytime you hear about Dolores, you like get all your inner monologue your voices in your head start to freak out a little bit or at least mine did and so i missed out on that i missed out on like a huge like metaphysical aspect of the game in the church with like the pale there and i missed out on him having this weird relationship with a historical figure kind of
1: did you did you like help the kids like build the hardcore in the church <laughs> <Like> the <dance? laughs>
0: no. I thought I was. I thought I was going to, and then I got involved in a union mercenary shootout in the street, and then yeah. I was like, "Oh shit! I should probably focus on this."
1: That will happen. I just kept going back to the kids. I was like super invested in the church stuff. Thought the church was awesome. There's like guy that lives in the rafters of the church too. Like he's sick.
0: Yeah, I love it. There's almost too much going on in this game, but that's what multiple playthroughs are for.
1: Yeah, but just like like the pale. Like I said, there's no right for them to add the pail. Like, why have you done yeah. that? Not needed. So much of it is not needed, but there. And it's because it's the game is really about exploring an entirely new world. And that's it. Everything to do with it. Like, history, geography, politics, economy, everything. It's about that, really.
0: I think it's a good way of getting you in the same headspace as Harry, to occasionally throw like entirely new concepts at you so that you also feel like you have amnesia and you have no idea how the world works
1: yeah it did make me feel a bit I I feel like Disco Elysium made me think am I stupid? Like, (laughs) is this this, especially because I didn't realize that it was a different world to ours for a while I didn't realize like Elysium was the planet right I was like oh it's just Disco that's a cool name Um, And I was like, wait, what is this a metaphor for? What's the pale, like, what's the one-to-one for me? Because, like, it has, like, the same politics, right? If not a little extreme. Well, I say extreme, probably not. You could tell a story about our planet and it wouldn't, and it would seem extreme to somebody else. But, um, yeah, I felt stupid as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's got, um, well, it's got very, like, French aesthetics, like, with the naming of different things, but you have, you have a very unique like political and historical situation what once you start to like hear the names of people and countries i think you can piece together like oh this these aren't real places but they (laughs) sound real and the game treats it with like so much like consistency like you'll hear historical names brought up so many different times that you could tell someone like, oh yeah, this is about uh, a little country in Europe that you probably haven't heard of and they might yeah. buy it. Because it's I was, so fleshed out.
1: I was convinced it was like Russia. I was convinced that <laughs> Show was like Russian for a really long time. And I think, you know, aesthetically and like with Kuno, it could be. It could, what is...
0: R- <laughs> why well, is Kuno Russian?
1: I just like it, like the, the way that they dress, like in the tracksuits and, and it gives Russian. It's giving Russian. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: uh, I I all the naming for me was like oh it's for, like martinez like that sounds like it's french. Yeah, and but then you run into people Arrivachaux oh, I'm like okay, I get it. I see what's happening here. You're tricking me into playing a french game.
1: <laughs> Did you um skip I'm not skipping to the end permanently, but to <laughs> Skip to the end. Did you recruit anybody to the
0: police station with you? Oh, I got Kim. I got Kim. You got on Kim. My side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, did you recruit somebody else? Can you recruit somebody else? You can recruit
1: a little, a little fella. A
0: I little would never recruit. Pesky fella? No.
1: <laughs> you wouldn't I... give him a better future.
0: No, I he think a... he's earned it. I think, I think he has he's a earned... good heart. <laughs> I. D- He does. Um, For context, there's an incredibly annoying child named Kuno that refers to himself in the third person. Uh, But you get hints of humanity behind his otherwise lifeless eyes.
1: Yeah, he's very rude and he throws stones at the body the entire time. Uh, (laughs) Which doesn't help for research purposes.
0: Or just for general human decency.
1: you probably shouldn't
0: throw rocks at a dead body.
1: And there's a female version of Kuno called Kuno S, who I think he's trying to impress or she's trying to impress him, and she's only ever peeking over the fence, watching what's going on in my. Occasionally, does she call you a cunt, or does Kuno? There's some.
0: There's they some both call you some horrible stuff. Yeah. Terrible children. So I
1: hired you him know. for the. <laughs> <to come laughs> you <on. hired> him? <laughs> no, I took him. I took him, but I found out that you could you could get. Uh, Kuno too, and I was like, "Oh shit! I had no clue. Like, I don't even know how I would get to that." He's
0: a from where child. I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, you can steal drugs from his dad, and then you met I his think, dad. I mean, his dad is sleeping, but yeah, I went into his apartment and stole drugs from his dad, and you get the option to either hand the drugs over to Kuno or keep them, and I think that might be the moment that you like can win him over and like impress him enough that he'll listen to you but i was like i am not giving amphetamines to like an eight-year-old <laughs> i'm gonna dispose of these
1: is that the apartment that ever wants you to go into
0: i never went into that apartment oh i don't know
1: i feel like we've played two different games <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the, the. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. There's yeah. just so much going on. Yeah, I didn't want to piss off ever. I was a good little union boy. I was a little toady for the union.
1: What was your um, engagement with Measurehead like? Who framed Oh my god! Is a giant man from a different part of Elysium um, who stands outside like the entrance to the union area and won't let you through, uh, for love nor money, and you have to try and convince him. First, you have to listen to all of his ideology about race. He's racist. Uh, so you don't you have, have to, to listen
0: to of... all of it.
1: Well, I, I, you know, remember how I got stuck and had to listen to everything? I and punched so you... him. Did you?
0: Yeah. I just waited until I had enough- I, I was jacked enough to just tell him to fuck off, and I punched him in the throat, and then I kicked him in the head. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Okay, and here's here's the type of game this is. Like like Clem said, you're shown this, like, seven-foot-tall giant racist who Covered is, in tattoos. Yeah, covered in tattoos because he believes in phrenology. And so he's <laughs> got his skull measurements tattooed on. I think that's why he's called Measurehead. And... The way the game works is that time only passes when you are discussing new things or you are trying new things. And Measurehead can literally just eat up, like, so much fucking time if you continue to entertain his pseudo-scientific race theory stuff. Yeah. Which, which I think is genius because that's just, like, real life. Like, instead of having useful conversations, you're entertaining some weirdo. So you shouldn't engage with that. But you can buy into his racial BS to, like, win him over so that he'll, like, let you press a button that you need to press. And then you can go further and, like, internalize it. Like, you can become a... I think you can just become, like, a racist, fascist piece of shit in this game. Yeah. If you want. And alternatively, you can try to beat up Measurehead. And that's what I... Worked my way up towards during like my first two days, like that was my major obstacle. Was I am not, <laughs> I don't want to listen to this racist anymore. So I'm gonna beat him up.
1: See, I was I was trying to be a good little fake racist. I was trying to make Measurehead <laughs> believe that I was a racist without being one. But like the game is like, well, no, you have to internalize that. Like it's giving racist though, and I'm like, no, it's just it's just for it's just for Measure, and I was a weak little bitch. I didn't put any like points into like strength and shit or like enough to like not die i think but that was pathetic
0: this is another thing i like about the game is that they let failure like help you sometimes yeah there's a guy down he's a he's a scab technically he's something more than that but the the guy that's really loud among the scab workers, he'll tell you, like, he'll give you some tips on how to fight Measurehead, but you have to try it once first. And so I went up, I failed, I listened to his advice, I bumped up my stats a little bit, and then I was able to beat up Measurehead.
1: I saw somebody do a, a flying spin kick to kill Measurehead. Or not kill him. Yes. To,
0: like, well, <laughs> yeah, because okay. if, you, if you try to punch him, he'll catch it. And so in your head, you're like, okay, well, flying spin kick, I'm way over... I'm in way over my head trying to do that. That's goofy. But he's actually expecting a punch, and one of your inner dialogue thingies will say, like, he's he's anticipating a punch. You have to go for the kick. And so if you have your stats high enough, they'll kind of, like, hold your hand and tell you what options to pick. It's really cool. To add to, like, the inconsistency of measure head, like how if you pay attention to like how nothing he says makes any sense at all he will later on like work with you to take the dead body down because you beat him in combat and talk to his boss (laughs) so yeah he's he's so goofy he's obviously he's a terrible person but i think he's a perfect example of like the the nuance that you can find in this game that's, like, under a cover of absurdity. Because on the surface, it's like, oh, he's a big, dumb, racist guy who has, like, an encyclopedic knowledge of history, kind of. But when you dig deeper, it's... He's using any means to, like, justify his goofy beliefs. And even when he's confronted with, like, contrasts, like, he's not even from the area that he's glorifying... And if you point it out, he gets really awkward. You point out that his bosses aren't the same race as him, and he points out that, like, oh, they're fighting polycultural capitalism. Uh, he, he just, like, makes up a bunch of goofy excuses, and he has no actual intellectual, like, coherency to him.
1: Yeah, I think that, that's, that was a great summary of Measurehead James. I was just, I was sorry, I was listening, but I was also like, wait, I wanted to ask you about your favorite character, but I couldn't remember her name, but I remembered it. Would you like to talk about Lena? Oh, Lena yes.
0: right. uh, Yeah, however, I think her name's Lena, right?
1: Yeah. Probably. The The heart and soul of Disco Elysium, Lena.
0: So she's your favorite? Um,
1: I, no, I, I mean, I love her.
0: Oh, Same. Same.
1: But I love Evra, you know. Either, like, I... I, Evra, just... There's something about him. I, I just... I want to talk to him all day.
0: He is a very fun character. But we can we can talk about uh, Lena first.
1: Yeah. She... So, Lena is... If anyone's unfamiliar... I don't think you could miss Lena. She's not one of those, like, skip it characters. I mean, you could not speak to her, I guess. I don't know if she plays a pivotal part in the story, but she's... A sweet woman that's always downstairs in the Whirlingham rags which is as I've mentioned before sort of like the central part of the Disco Elysium video game map um, where everything happens or at least comes back to that point she's she's got a little blanket on her lap she's in a wheelchair and she's always talking about her husband who is a crypto a cryptozoologist obsessed with like cryptids or phasmids or creatures that a lot of people don't believe he exists. He does. She used to, but through your course of dialogue with Lena and getting close to her, and she's an absolute darling, like, nan figure, you realize that maybe she's beginning to worry that there isn't anything there, and she's a little bit worried for her husband, and she just wants him to come home. All right? Is that a good summary? Is, is that correct? It's been a while since I've spoken to Lena.
0: And I mean, part of it is also her husband's just been out for like a really long time and he's getting older and it's fucking cold and miserable here yeah. and so she's worried that he's pushing himself but yeah there's a great i mean do you want me to get into the like towards the end game stuff that you learn about her and her yeah, husband Yeah,
1: get into it
0: <laughs> well, it's just this beautiful thing about how she has childhood memories of encountering a cryptid called the Insolidian Phasmid, which is like this big like insect that looks like it's made out of reeds and that's how it like camouflages. And because of her experience with that, that's what led to her going on like her first date with her now husband and she's starting to doubt whether the thing exists. And it's kind of, like, cascading into her questioning their whole relationship and whether her husband would still love her if this hadn't happened. And it's just, like, this heartbreaking, like, story of doubting and wondering if, like, their relationship is built on some weird lie. Uh, which... What happens towards the end of the game, Clem?
1: As we are exploring to try and find the perpetrator... A little cryptid, or a phasmid, appears from the... Ri- Is this what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, okay. a little phasmid, a giant
0: <laughs> phasmid. <laughs> no, Dude, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: <laughs> it's so creepy. Well, at first it's creepy, because I, you know, I hate... like It's got a very like, spider-esque... It's like a stick insect, right? But giant? It's like... Yeah,
0: it's big. Probably like
1: 12 foot legs, but folded up. Um, yeah. Stick insect is like, it looks like a collection of reeds, but that separates and the interlidian phasmid has existed this whole time forever, just out of sight of everything that's come by it hides, but then it starts to speak to us, and it sounds a bit like uh, the Empress from Neverending Story, it's got like a very like um,
0: I never uh, talked to it
1: Oh, you You didn't hear it speak?
0: I didn't I was worried about spooking it and like hurting it and so I just like reached my hand out we took a picture and then it went away and so I was I was like oh you delicate thing like I don't want to jeopardize you being here I don't want Kim to shoot you (laughs) so
1: it has like a very auto-tuned female voice that's a bit dreamlike it's like hello but not like that <laughs> but but nice, like appealing. Yeah, I like
0: that, that was good.
1: Yeah, like a sing song, auto tune, Empress type I can't believe you didn't speak to the Phasmid. I didn't want, I,
0: I was worried. Okay? <laughs> I was worried it was gonna like attack if I got too close and then Kim was gonna blow its brains out and then that was the end of it.
1: Yeah, you can't, Kim's a bit, it's got a trigger finger on him. That's yeah,
0: he's, he's a sharpshooter. Well, what'd the bugs say?
1: <laughs> what the bugs say? <laughs> I can't remember. Do you know what I played in this game <laughs> two <three> years ago? <laughs> uh,
0: it's, uh, it's like an unknown species, and it's a... no.
1: I think it like questions you about like is 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 another like philosophical like moral like thing that happens. You know, like everything's like, wow, I have to do this. to the <laughs> people. You know.
0: Yeah, sorry I'm late to the work social, I got jumped by a giant stick bug and it got philosophical on me, so <laughs> anyway, I'm here now.
1: So you can also, you meet, one of the quests, the side quests is to help Lena find her husband and you go out and you meet him and his partner and you can set up like little traps for them too, right? And it's very rewarding to find the phasmid and go, oh Lena's gonna be like, it's so heartwarming to think that Lena's gonna be so happy that one her husband was right and two they have proof now. and and you made her a day. That's, like, the real thing that I cared about solving. Like, not the murder. The phasmids. Well,
0: this kind of ties into the, the like, end game of this game. Like, I had a soul-crushing, like, last, I would say, like, two or three hours of the game. The confrontation with the corporate mercenaries did not go well for me.
1: No. I had to do that a few times
0: Oh, I didn't reload. I was like, you know what? I'm just sticking with it. And seven people died. Yeah. And I was like just so fucking sad that these characters that I'd come to like enjoy and, you know, learn how they sound and what their motivations are and stuff. They died. I couldn't prevent it. I'm out on this shitty island slogging through this murder case. And then I find, like, this beautiful cryptid that a character that I love is looking for. And it was just such a weird mix of emotions. And so, I don't know, it's it's just, it's a beautiful moment in the game.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, the only thing I don't like, no, there's not, I don't have any criticism of Disco Elysium. The thing that I didn't (laughs) enjoy was when I would have to speak to my boss at the RCM and, like, just try and get him to like be chill with me like just having to go to the car and I had to do this a lot again I don't know if everybody else has to do this a lot but I was struggling the first few days and because I was just trying to make progress and going to the car getting to speak to the fucking operator woman to like fucking put me on the call to somebody so I could speak to the right guy and nobody ever wanted to speak to me like that was a (laughs) pain in the ass but I get that it was realistic but I was over that oh and the book the haunted bookshop dude there's so much in this game (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah there's book you can you can read books and then it'll like quiz you on them or ask you like what parts of the book you want to read and then yeah the, the bookshop itself has like a couple of quests tied into it and those quests lead to other quests oh who, who is your who is your favorite character um though to to loop it back to what we were saying like 20 minutes ago if it's not lena is it ever
1: I think it's Evra. I mean, obviously I love Kim, but I feel like Kim's too obvious. And I don't really love Kim because of what he says. Like, he's the straight guy. No, I do. But I mean, like, he's the straight guy to my just absolute fucking clown fiesta of a a being that Harry is, right? (laughs) Um, And I love, like, his little as you get to know him a bit more like it feels really rewarding to get kim to like you and to like stick up for you because he's always professional but then like he's like also on your side a little bit as the game goes on but like yeah. he's kind of like a little bit condescending at the start like he's like what the fuck is this you know like he's not because he's a constant professional but like it's very rewarding to get him to like you and by the end you, you you'd die for kim but I feel like it's too easy to say, "Oh, like Kim," and obviously Lena's a sweetheart, but just in terms of the absolute joy of hearing him speak and his lines, I think it would be Everett.
0: Yeah, I, I was left, I was left wanting more Everett.
1: Unless, like, is it the tie? Could it be one of the skills? Because, like, the voices, like that really, like gravelly. Oh, I don't know which. Like, it's so a, good. Yeah, there's a lot to. To say there, and but are they considered? Are they all considered characters? I would say. I
0: would. I would say so because they all have their own like little quirks about them. Like the authority one, he he chimed in a few times during my playthrough, and he was always like, "That person's questioning you. Like that's bullshit. Put him in their place." And then the drama guy will always call you like "sire" and stuff. So, they all yeah. have like little quirks that help them stand out. I would say if you're talking about favorite characters, if you wanted to go hard mode, you have to eliminate Harry and Kim because I think too many people would pick them. I'm, I'm surprised you wouldn't pick uh, Kim over Everard, but nobody's perfect. I mean,
1: Everard's a dick. He's not like a, a good character, like a good person. He's funny. Yeah, but he's funny as fuck. I like that.
0: Did he... I, okay, so this is me showing my ass here. I don't know if this is explained somewhere. Did he, like, get rid of somebody so that he could become Union Boss? Like, did he actually have someone killed or blackmailed?
1: I don't know. You, I mean, I might have known at the time. I'm quite sorry.
0: Because you, you get, like, this hearsay. But again, like, Everard gives you money. He helps you find some of your stuff, depending on how it all goes. Um, or he can help you, I guess. He provides resources and help to you to to make your job easier. Joyce, on the flip side of the labor dispute, she's representing the company. She gives you a rundown of the whole fucking reality. And she's nothing but like polite to you, I would say, during it. She's very patient, very polite. And I didn't explore her like mission options too much because I was working for the union. But... I think she's willing to help you with the murder case as well. And I just think it's so fucking cool that you have, like, objectively scummy people whose interests are, like, opposed to yours a lot of the time helping you. And they're entertaining and fun to engage with. I just feel like you don't see that a lot in video games. Like, oh, this is a bad character, and so he's mean and annoying, and you want to shoot him.
1: Yeah, everything is, like, really well balanced. I I don't think, like, Kuno, obviously you hate it first, and probably for most of the time. (laughs) Because he's he's irritating. But, like, you can tell there's, if you work hard with Kuno, again, it's much like Kim, the idea of winning over this kid that hates the law and, like, authority figures because you're, like, you're cool. Like, I like that. That was, like, one of my missions was to be like, I'm gonna get Kudo to like me by the end of this. So, like, even Kuno, like, I didn't dislike any- Apart from maybe the bookshop owner. I think she might have irritated me. I think she just wanted my money. <laughs> Which I didn't have any of.
0: Yeah, and it does a good job of, like- I think you can align almost every character in this game to one of the, like, ideologies that they try to, like, have be a focus. And I think even characters like the bookshop lady, I think she is supposed to be your average everyday person who strongly believes in like, oh, if you have money, it means you really worked for it. And that's the important thing that you need to focus on. And so yeah. you, you go in there expecting like a nice, kind, like bookshop lady and you get this I'm gonna put my daughter out on the street so that she can advertise my bookshop, even though it's fucking freezing outside. And I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna bug you for perusing books instead of buying them before you read them.
1: Yeah, she, she's my least favorite character. I like her daughter. Her daughter is fucking ten out of ten. Congratulations! Oh, super adorable, wonderful. Well, it's a surprise that it came out of her. Uh, yeah, she's my <laughs> least favorite and the, like it's a lot to say that she's your least favorite when there's like murderers and racists in the game but, but she's <laughs> she's the worst
0: yeah the racist lorry driver whose name is racist lorry driver also pretty bad but there's like almost not enough there to properly hate
1: do i get a tracksuit from him though like i didn't okay did you get the tracksuit like the za um tracksuit uh
0: i I got one of the nice track suits, but I didn't get it from him.
1: I can't remember who I got it from. Did you get the jacket that said like "fuck" on the back or whatever? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, I got the I got the piss Epsler um, jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't "fuck," was it?
1: I remembered <laughs> no, that too politely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but, um, but for the for the lorry driver, like, there's almost not enough there to properly hate, outside of like, oh yeah, he's racist. Like, the bookstore lady is, like, not nice to her kid. She's dismissive of, like, everything. You just get, like, this lo- like deep loathing for her. Like, the yeah. lorry driver, you can just ignore him. You can tell him to fuck off, and it's nice and cathartic. And then you move on with your playthrough. But the, the bookstore lady, like, you'll run into her a few times. But but she isn't racist, or at least Whoa. she... We don't know that she could also be racist. Well, I mean,
1: I was gonna say like, yeah, she might be, but Lena is racist also. But that's because she's old. Uh, She, I don't know if she's like overtly racist, but it's just that because she's old. She has a very- you know how in real life old people say stuff that you can't say anymore or shouldn't say or Yeah. like their opinions haven't like adapted quickly enough. Lena oh, has a touch of that about her. I didn't know
0: that. I didn't- oh I didn't go through all the cryptids with her. Does she say some not so great stuff while She
1: you're... alludes to Kim as being of a different like breed or something. Like a different oh. type of much like a- she's talking about a monkey at the time.
0: Oh no!
1: Yeah, no. I'm not saying she doesn't Lena. like other races. I'm just saying she she doesn't go about descriptions of other races <laughs> appropriately.
0: So that's still pretty bad.
1: Oh, but, Lena! <laughs> you
0: know, it definitely ever is my yeah, favorite. just because you were just because you were born 80 years ago doesn't mean <laughs> you can't can't update and learn shit. That sucks.
1: Yeah. I just wanna like we've talked about a lot of like how deep and immersive Disco Elysium is, but it also pays attention to tiny details. For example, you find your, like, ledger which has all of your cases in it and shit and you can put stickers on it if you want to. Like why is that there? don't know, but love that you can.
0: I didn't know you could do that. That's wild. Did you
1: talk? Did you like go through everything and have like a big ledger time talking to your ledger and stuff?
0: I didn't. No.
1: Kim, there's a lot. There's a lot of ledger action. Did you read all your old cases? No.
0: No, huh. I didn't find it. Did you it. find you your ledger? At? I, uh... It's in the, like,
1: I think it's in the bin behind the Wellingham Rex.
0: Oh, shit. I may not have found it then. Yeah. You can put <laughs>
1: stickers on it. I think it's where you put the pen that Lena gives you as well, maybe, if you have it. Oh,
0: I'm a sure. drunk guy took that from. Oh, me, maybe that. Oh. Yeah. Wow, we really <laughs> did play two different games. Your Lena's racist, mine isn't. <laughs> I lost a pen, you found a funny little book that you put stickers I... in.
1: I spoke to a fazmid. You did.
0: I like tried to pet it and then chickened out. <laughs> Kim took a picture of it though, so that rules. How do you feel about the ending? Because I saw some people like arguing about the ending.
1: What's the ending?
0: Exactly. Oh. What's the What's the ending to the game, Clem? I don't know.
1: I don't remember an ending. I'm just Is like it? Kim comes and works for us.
0: Yeah. That's basically the ending is we found the killer who you, I'm kind of frustrated because the killer is not somebody you knew for most of the game. Who give a shit
1: about, again, another indication that it's irrelevant. It's just
0: a a vehicle. Yeah, but like I would have liked it to be somebody who I could have like sussed out. Yeah, for sure. So there's like a, there's a reward like, oh, I had some suspicions. Oh no, it's just a sniper on an out of bounds part of the map that you couldn't get to. (laughs) So <laughs> yeah, I, like, I saw whatever. some. I saw some people saying like that's kind of a cheap ending. Like you just come up with a new character. Oh, it's the killer. Lock him up. Yeah. Recruit Kuno. Put a little badge on him. All right, guys, let's go get tacos.
1: I don't think it would have like, like because I'm like, oh, it's a vehicle. Who cares like about the investigation? You're just meeting everybody, learning about the world. Like it's a really cool environment. Magic for realism is a great time. But I don't think that. Having it be somebody that we've known would detract from that, but I also don't think it being a random guy detracts from Disco Elysium because that's not the point of the game, in my opinion. I don't really care who. It would have been cool to be able to guess, and obviously you spend a lot of the time trying to deduce who it is, and like, I, like just naturally, it's human nature, right, to go, right, I've got this amount of clues. Who do I think it is? But like every time, I was so frustrated because it was it was taking me so long to play the game that every time, like, when I got to, um, is it Ruby's hideout, and she's, like, playing that music really loud at us, and she could kill us with the, <laughs> the music or the radio waves, but she doesn't.
0: Yeah, I was gonna and say, it's, like, like, it's more sinister than music. It's, like, weird, pale science It's shit. pale
1: science, yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's frying your brain, but she, like, turns it down to speak to us and go, oh, no, it wasn't me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, f- like, can it please be you? Because... It's nobody. And, like, I've yeah. just been on a wild goose chase this entire time. And if it's not you, we don't have any other leads. Like, it's just go back to the start at this point. If it's yeah. not you. So, that was quite frustrating. But, like, it was still a cool journey.
0: Yeah. To get Yeah. There. It's not a game that is ruined by the ending. It's just one of those, like... The rest of the game is so rich and well thought out that I was just a little sad that it's got, like, that one last misstep. But you're right, it does feel like, oh my god, please let you be the killer. Somebody be the killer. I'm sick of running around.
1: Well, maybe there's something, like, we're missing in that, too, though. Maybe it's, like,
0: a (laughs) message
1: about, like, no, but, like, about, like, um, expectation, perhaps. Maybe it's... Maybe it's something clever that the developers did. They're like, "Oh, you expected to be a. It's just irrelevant. It was just some random guy because life's disappointing, you know." Because it's, I feel like there are a lot of political and moral and philosoph- philosophical messages in Disco Elysium, so maybe that's just one of
0: them. Yeah, and there is there are a few moments where I think the game tempts you to be a little trigger happy and like try to accuse somebody right away, um, and so like. With the Hardy Boys. The game is, like, framing it like, yep, Titus did it. They all did it. It's a group that did it. Yeah, so maybe there's some kind of message there about how you shouldn't immediately want to get a nice, easy solution to it.
1: Yeah, there we go.
0: It's actually a good thing that the ending sucks ass. <laughs> all right. right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was, like, your go-to, like, build... Or like stats that you went with when you played through and also what was like your allegiance to the different factions when you first played through here your first complete playthrough not your 20 days living on the streets
1: (laughs) um I think yeah I said like it was like rhetoric I was all intellect and like a touch of psyche Like I wanted him, I just wanted to like no one to get the better of me. I wanted to be able to deduce like when somebody was lying. I wanted to get a lot of information about the world when I was walking around. I wanted to apply logic to situations, so it was like um, rhetoric, encyclopedia, logic. Um, I think maybe a bit of visual calculus. It wasn't drama or conceptualization. I don't think I had to put a little bit in esprit de corps. Um, just because I was pissed off at like those phone calls that I discussed earlier, I was like, you, like
0: just, just "I don't know how to me. talk to police." Yeah, um,
1: and maybe some suggestion too, which I think pairs really well with rhetoric. Um, like logically, it does. I don't know if it does in game, but yeah, I was like piss weak, absolutely piss weak. No like coordination,
0: no strength. I had such low perception. I almost like I thought I soft locked myself. If your perception goes below zero, you can't use some doors, and you can get trapped in a building. And then I found out I can just change my glasses, and then I was able to move (laughs) around again. But I was like, I think my save file's corrupted. I can't get into some of these buildings. I think my game is glitching out. Uh, No, I just had literally no points in perception, and then something was taking perception points away even further.
1: Yeah, the clothing was a godsend to be able to balance stuff out a little bit or to like switch stuff when you need it for different conversations and different dice dice rolls and stuff. I think I was trying to be a moralist. I don't know if I achieved it very well but I think that was like what I was trying to head towards. But I think if I did it again maybe I'll just put all of my points into my tricks and and be a fascist and just see like (laughs) what happens you know like because I think mine is probably I see a lot of people actually play like drunk crazy Harry as their first playthrough Uh, maybe I'm just really boring but yeah I'm going to try and be like a fascist guy that's very aware of his body (laughs) next time
0: (laughs) Harry was too much of like my sad little meow meow and so I was like I'm not going (laughs) to let you drink dude we're going to get you we're going to fix you we're going to get you right We'll listen so, to your
1: favorite song, and will we get sober yeah, together?
0: Yeah, and um, yeah. He was also a raging communist in my playthrough, which oh. I thought was a lot of fun. Um, you could get Egghead to scream communist slogans in his little tent.
1: <laughs> oh, I love Egghead. He's actually no, I'm not going to change my favorite from Everett, but that was good. The The Ten Boys a fun time. I, and I felt like uh, yeah, I get like it's so well done. I felt like I was imposing on a world that wasn't mine to be in and I always felt like slightly awkward and uncomfortable, like I would do in real life if I was hanging out with three like teenagers that were really into like EDM, <laughs> right? That's how I felt in the game. It was like very apparent to me that this wasn't my world, but I really wanted to fit in.
0: As a middle school teacher, there were a lot of moments where I was like, "Oh, I I know how this goes like the like Kuno I was like oh Jesus Christ <laughs> this fucking kid that was actually a big moment for me though while playing this because I was like you know what, this is a role playing game and instead of role playing a cop that like flies off the handle and like annoys this kid or something I'm gonna role play someone with more patience than me and I'm gonna approach this as diplomatically yeah. as possible and then, like, the girl working at the convenience store, I was like, this is some 15-year-old kid that's just working here. I'm going to be polite, but I'm also going to be annoying and pepper her with a bunch of historical questions, since that's what I do in real life.
1: <laughs> that's true. I can attest to that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I don't, I usually don't give you questions. You give me questions, like, yeah, pirates. Yeah, but
1: the, the, I would just say that the conversation is often pivoted towards history. Should we oh. say that?
0: yeah okay i'll allow it i oh yeah because i was just talking to you about a historical fire before we got on yeah
1: which you which we we had previously discussed also
0: i'm really getting exposed here
1: yeah as a cool fire though it jumps over the water
0: (laughs) it's pretty scary so i like
1: it i'm a fan (laughs) don't don't ever stop bringing it up send me more diagrams
0: (laughs) Else i more fire-related maps. What would you say are, like, the high points and the low points emotionally with this game? Like, oh yay, everything's alright with the world, and then, oh my god, everything's fucked.
1: I think this isn't, like, a high point. <laughs> to answer a completely different question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very political, I see. Very nice.
1: One thing that I just felt a little bit, like oh, this just is how Revachol is now, right? And nothing that the RCM can do, like, is irrelevant. Like, this place is lost to an eat the rich mentality and it's going to be at loggerheads and it's going to be some sort of, like, civil war or whatever. Is when you learn why the union is striking. So, like, the first strike was for, like, equal pay or, like, a uh, pay rise or something, right? The yeah. other Another strike they did was for, like, healthcare or something. And the strike they're currently on is because they want, like, all of them, or, like, a great percentage of them, of the union workers, to have seats on the board at Two Pines. Yeah. Which would mean that every time that Two Pines wanted to do anything, they would have to get a thumbs-up, sign consent, like, approval from 2,000 dock workers. Hell um, yeah. And that felt not like just a representative, all of them. And that just felt like... <laughs> such an unreasonable demand that it was never gonna be met, right? And so these people are really it's giving it's giving uh like Brazil or Mexico or whatever, like where the cartels are really in charge of the police, right? It's got that vibe going to it. But two Pines or twin pine the Pine guys, <laughs> Judy Bloom, she's like, Oh, no I'm not having that. I'm gonna hire these uh mercenaries from a different isolary is it, did you say? always forget that one. Insula. And I think where they come from and where the mercenaries come from, like they have no rules against certain things such as like killing or whatever, <laughs>
0: or like yeah.
1: in that in that scenario. Very like, few not...
0: scruples among the yeah. mercenaries.
1: So they have this thing where you know you send in like a handful initially which has happened and then like the leader of the mercenaries was killed and then next time you send in like 20 and the next time you send in like 100 and like they bring like a warship or something with them and they just destroy everything and Joyce says you know because I think Harry says well there's like thousands of dog workers like 20 mercenaries or whatever can't take them on and Joyce is like have you ever seen like a wasp go in a beehive like they'll fuck them up is what she's saying Um, and you just go Oh, *Reverie* has all these rich, lovable characters, whether or not they're misguided, and it's fucked because, as much as you love them, they're also fighting for something that you don't—that is wrong or that will ultimately hurt them. And there's, there's going to be loggerheads forever, or there's going to be a great loss of life because both sides are being unrealistic and demanding. So that was—that was a sad moment, I think. To go, there's no hope here. And I don't know if that I don't think that's what it's about because everyone seems to have personal hope right or unless they're losing it, but that just felt a little hopeless
0: i well, see the thing is I think that the demand for every dock worker to have a seat on the board is like would you say that's a high ball or a low ball like I think that's a hard negotiating tactic that everard is just using to get concessions out of the union or not the union the company but the company has instead of like budging so that workers can get more profits out of the company they're just like what if we just killed people and yeah it seems like the city's just heading towards another like bloodbath and like you said i don't it's hard to imagine it like turning shit around I also don't think there's a lot of like weaponry around so the dock workers or the people that live there can't really protect themselves effectively against the like the mercenaries I mean they send like three and in my game at least they kill the main like protecting force in the community they kill most of the hardy boys and that's with the police intervening, and the police almost died, too. So, yeah, yeah. any significant outside force came in to enforce what the company wants, like, it's just gonna be a total fucking mess.
1: And, um, there's also a decent amount of the story, it felt like to me at the time, dedicated to talking about how advanced and incredible and heavy and, and valuable this armor is that the dead guy was wearing and like pieces of it have already been stolen and the mercenaries are like obviously decked out in this like futuristic or whatever special armor which in revashol is like people want to sell because it's you know unheard of money for them
0: yeah
1: but like you spend a lot of the game learning about like how incredible this armor is and just like okay well that's not like a, a smoking gun right it's we need to know this because we need to know that the mercenaries actually carry an incredible amount of power and that they are a significant threat to the, the hardy boys and the union
0: and the, and the hardy boys are literally like guys that you would see at a cafe they're,
1: they're like road men right like they're, they're shouting at women in the street like oh I love getting tits but like
0: <laughs> ultimately <laughs> you don't boys. know that they can <laughs> be gentlemen
1: yeah <laughs> they do protect Ruby the hardy girl
0: they do they stick up for her. And, and, but yeah, it's just, like, I've seen Titus in real life. Like, I've seen that guy at a cafe before. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And like a that, greasy spoon. Yeah, yeah, and so when, in my playthrough, they all got, like, gunned down, except for two of them, that was my low point where like you said these characters that have these rich backgrounds and you pass the time talking to them even if you don't like them i was like oh god they're gone like they're just they're not coming back i'm not having those conversations anymore that yeah sucks. i am
1: leaving river show differently than i i found it
0: well what's a what's a more upbeat happy time in the game
1: the dancing <laughs> the,
0: wait the dancing
1: yeah, it's Disco Elysium. It's da- in the church, you don't all dog you have a dog
0: I didn't finish the church because, the, because of the massacre in the street. That was like, I was like, alright, I'm going to run a quick errand and then I'm going to start working on the church. And then everyone got shot. And I was like, that kind of derailed my train of thought.
1: So there was no dancing at all?
0: In the church? You? Yeah. I mean, I walked in the church and I met... The guy crawling on the ceiling, and that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> there was just that guy hanging out.
1: So you never get to? Um, do you never speak to the woman that's experimenting with how to like it, uh, impact the pale? No,
0: and... I never found her.
1: Oh, see, that was all my whole favorite thing. Like I ditched everything else to so just go and check out the church, try and rebuild the church for Egghead and the gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dancing, the dancing moments. It's disco, Elysium. I'm like, yeah, this is you're right. Like Harry loves disco.
0: (laughs) I I didn't get to dance. I got to sing for the karaoke. Oh uh, yeah, that and I failed it. So (laughs) yeah, he does not have a good singing voice. Emma succeeded, and she said that he sings in the reptilian, like lizard brain voice. So it's like creepy and growly, but everybody likes it. I guess.
1: I don't recall. I know that I was there with like a guitar, maybe? I don't know if there was a guitar or not. But. That's definitely there. I definitely sang, but I don't remember it going well or being invited back.
0: Yeah, Kim was the only person that liked it when I sang good oh, old Kim's Kim. A good
1: guy. Uh, yeah, what was your. Was that your like uh, high point moment?
0: I think my high point was either knocking out Measurehead because it was just like such a moment of glee. Yeah. Or talking with Everard because he's so fun. Oh, for sure. I I was so sad that he didn't have more dialogue, because listening to him talk rules.
1: This entire body episode is just Everett fan club discovers (laughs) other Everett fan club members. (laughs) Like, that's it, right? We're going, you two, me, I,
0: us? You can point to so many good characters in the game, though. Like, they're... I don't know. They rule. Okay, I do have one character I disliked, and it was um, Harry's what? Harry's partner that talks funny. the His, like, partner that he doesn't remember that, like, shows up in a disguise, and then he shows up at the end of the game. I just hate the way he talks, though. And I you know, don't remember
1: him. Yeah,
0: that's probably for the best. He's just an annoying snob.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe there's another dude I'm ambivalent to. I don't remember him. There's definitely like some boring dude that I didn't really like too much. Also, there was pro- could be somebody from the RCM, actually. I don't remember. He has that vibe to him. Like, he didn't have, like, an
0: issue. Is he the guy like, with the kid? Where they're like standing outside him. the uh, the one building and he's giving like a history lesson on it. No
1: added. no 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 it's not him. He's okay. fine. He's nothing.
0: <laughs> he's just Damn. a nice
1: guy teaching his kid about history.
0: Well he's actually also working for the RCM.
1: Oh, I remember.
0: <laughs> You're doing a really good uh hairy roleplay right
1: now. <laughs> I like to I like to self insert. I like to roleplay. <laughs>
0: I might cosplay as him. Uh, I might just... Yeah, that would
1: be good. You have hair, like, too, for it.
0: Yeah, I can do the mutton chops. I can get a suit. I can do the expression all day.
1: That would be awesome. I really like that. I, um... Well, I bought, like, Disco Elysium hoodies and a t-shirt, but there's... You can get the Kim Kitsuragi um jacket. Like, literally, like, made by Zaum, which is, like, the Artists Collective, but I think they're assholes and they, like... Or, like, somehow commandeered Disco Elysium from the original guy that conceived of it and wrote it and stuff, and now they're just trying to profiteer off of it and something. I don't know. That's but what it's I... like 500 euros. Yeah, um,
0: I heard about that. I didn't know, I don't know the details. Like, I just started playing the game, and then people are like, Are you going to talk about what happened with the developer? And I was like, What happened with the developer? So,
1: yeah, I, I, I did know the details, but that again, that has been lost to time in my memory
0: you the drinking
1: Yeah, you know me. Uh, prescription pills. Ooh. Um,
0: <laughs> Harry.
1: Oh. Harry. The guy that wrote it also wrote a book but it's only available in like German or whatever his native language because I tried so hard to find an English version because it's like this Elysium world, right? And they were gonna do another one but then this whole thing happened and I think that, I don't want to say this if it's not true, but I think that they have some sort of like mental health struggles, maybe depression, I'm not sure. Um, And then, like, all this shit happened, which really obviously would have ruined this incredible project for anybody. And now it's just become like everything it kind of pokes fun at in a way. It's like, oh, just like this capitalist make money, gotta make money off of this brilliant piece of art.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's why I haven't- if it was still- if I knew that that money was, like, supporting the developers, maybe I would have spent 500 fucking euros on a Kim Kutsuragi jacket, because that's the kind of shit I waste my money on. But I won't do it if it's the asshole side of the situation. Um, and the reason that we're no longer gonna get a Disco Elysium 2 or a book- uh, like, a properly translated book. Um, but I heard they were working on a TV series. Uh, like, two years ago what? or something. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition.
0: Just play the game. You know, I don't know why you'd want to... Like, half of the fun of the game is what's going on inside someone's head. So I don't know if I would like a TV series.
1: If it takes place in the world, but isn't the same story, and, you know, like... So, dude, I love JD's Inamon Login Scrubs. If it was, like, somehow like that, <laughs> but with multiple voices, or, like, Peep Show... I think that could be sick. I think if it was, like, an edgy, like, true detective, but with the comedy of in a monologue peep show, dude, that slaps. That's fucking slapping. Lay it on me. That's my new favorite show, thank you so much. But they won't- no one can pull that off. Like, three people in the world are clever enough to pull that off, and they're probably all busy.
0: <laughs> they're all busy. That's the only thing stopping them.
1: <laughs> they're but playing Disco Elysium. Yeah. I am absolutely going to fucking play Disco Elysium again after this. I I know that it's good, and, like, I haven't forgotten that it was good, but talking about it, I'm like, oh, no, it's not just good. It's the best.
0: And there's so much that, like, there's, like, so many things that you can miss or experience differently. So, yeah, yeah, I I think my next playthrough, I'm going to... I don't know if I'll go fascist, Harry, because I don't know if I can take the guilt of being, like, an asshole, To that extent, I still might be, like, regular cop Harry instead of goofy (laughs) goofy communist cop Harry, where I'll just put all my points into, like, physical intimidation and authority, and no one will like me for good reason. But, yeah, yeah, if you're listening to this and you still haven't played it, go play it. If you are listening to this and you have played it, play it again in a totally different way. Uh, Maybe do a bunch of drugs. Uh, Maybe play it sober. I'm talking about Harry, not you personally do drugs or not, depending on whatever's going on in your life. Can I say that? Is
1: that... Yeah. You can say whatever you want, to be honest, right? Yeah. 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 And, and if you if you do another playthrough, or we miss something, or you are just so, so keen to correct us, because it's the internet. Why not join James's Discord? Is that something you promote
0: here? Uh, <laughs> Austin promoted it in the last episode, and I was caught off guard. I'm, I'm. I'll be honest. I the only place that I really have to talk about this podcast is Twitter, and that site is so hellish right now. Yeah. So I don't know. Find me on Twitter. Um, let's just. Let me quickly. You can
1: f- slide into the DM so that it doesn't have to be. Yeah, uh,
0: no player connect is is the. It's at no player connect. Because um, I couldn't get no player connected, so fuck whoever has that. Uh, I hate you. <laughs> I'll, I'll hunt you for sport until you give me that name. But yeah, correct us, argue with us, uh, tell me I'm fucking wrong.
1: More importantly, talk about your experience in Disco Elysium. Say what build you did. What did we miss? Is this some cool shit that neither of us mentioned? That because neither of us got it in our playthrough and it's actually one of the best things in Disco Elysium. Is there another Everart clock that we just didn't eat?
0: Oh my, I would be, I would probably throw up. If well, yeah. there was did like, I say clock? Ever- Go on, vomit? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, <laughs> if there was a character of the caliber of Everart and I just didn't get to him, I would be so upset. So. Right, yeah,
1: same. So tell us about that.
0: Yeah, tell us about anything. Plum, is there anything else you want to plug before we, uh, before we wrap this up?
1: Yeah, go listen to my other episodes, the Bioshock Infinite <laughs> and Life is Strange. Also, as terribly explained, but we have a nice time.
0: Alright, can you, can you say the line? Do you remember the line this time?
1: Fuck. It's something like, goodbye, but- see-, uh, see, something about see you later.
0: Right? That's pretty good. That's close. See yeah. What is it? I'm tempted to just end the episode right there. <laughs> what? It's MPC huh? you later. It's That's like, it. It's yeah, okay. <laughs> I knew it had something
1: to do with the title of the podcast, but I was doing full title, not the initialism, and like that threw me off. But I also had see you later. MPC you later.
0: <laughs> was that it? Was that the- Okay, getting-
1: Yeah, that was the one. Okay, we it. Had- <laughs> yeah. ended-